0: and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish-Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. First off, thanks for listening to Driven Radio. Thanks for coming back. I'm Mark Groves. Brett and I, (laughs) we, uh, we climbed right onto the sick bus not long before we were going to do our show. I got pneumonia, and then Brett got a really bad case of bronchitis, and we sound like a sick ward in a 1950s Western. So we've dug back into the archives and found a best of show with Jason Kamisa, Uh, who's an amazing guy. He's uh, won a Webby, a Telly, an IMFA, and an IAMA award. He's a journalist. He's got over 450 million views on YouTube alone, and uh, he's a heck of a funny guy. So enjoy this best of show while we drink our tea and
1: complain. <laughs> Have a great week. Stay driven. Hey there, car fans. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield here with our engineer and co-host, Mr. Mark Groves. Yo. And the madman mind behind Craving Cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. Hey, that's me. That is you. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in stormy Overland Park, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm really. A show. I'm Windy. really hoping we can make it through without having the sound <laughs> of the storm come through the window in the studio. Truth. That would be nice. Yeah, you can okay. find us online at dot com and read the dot com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to tell your gearhead friends if there's something you would like to hear more of, or if you have an interesting story, by all means tell us. Send your emails to Brett at Driven com. Our special guest this week is Jason Camisa, I have chased Jason for an interview longer than I've chased anybody else since we started doing this show. The show's three and a half years old. Bing. I've been chasing him for three years this week. <laughs> Mama told me not to put out.
2: Congratulations, Mr. You should have
1: listened
0: harder. <laughs> it's not stalking; <laughs> It's consistent
1: appreciation.
2: Ooh. And I, like and that. I appreciate yeah. that. Consistent there you go. Uh,
1: Jason may be the most known and respected or American. American automotive journalist, but he's unquestionably the most brutal in his honesty. His reviews aren't opinion pieces, however, they're framed around deep technical knowledge, which he then regurgitates to his audience in plain English, with an equal dose of comedy. His award-winning two-decade career has earned him senior and technical editor positions at several uh, major U.S. car magazines, hundreds of millions of views on YouTube, and a large and fervent social media following he currently creates high quality automotive content on youtube for Haggerty. i will absolutely agree with that yep that is in fact it was me slobbering all over jason finally got him on the show <laughs> that is when he's not finally working. got a
3: shower <laughs> <Not to slobber. laughs>
1: yeah well hey i sent you some soap uh that's what he does when he's not working on his own personal fleet of classic broken cars god that sounds familiar jason welcome to driven radio
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Um, You and I have the same problem with the fleet of classic broken cars. Uh, So your cars
3: hate you too, huh? um,
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Vlad the Impala gives me the F-toe every time I walk into the warehouse. It really does. It's like no clutch for you. (laughs) (laughs) No. <laughs> or, I don't feel like it's... or you drive it around town for two thing. hours and then you try to get out and you can't because it's worn out your left butt cheek.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> true. Yeah. Oh, you wanted a clutch? I'll give you a clutch. There you go, mister. Mm-hmm. Uh, you recently did something that I did er- earlier this year. You just finished a cross-country drive. Um, I'm certain you've got some observations and thoughts on the American driving experience. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, mister?
3: We suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. That's there the is, nicest way um, you can say it, really. Yeah. What do we? How many? How many f bombs am I allowed to throw in one sentence before we get kicked off? <laughs> Just um, let her rip. We'll uh, we'll take care of it shit. after. I mean, fix it in the mix. Yeah. I mean, I have. A, I grew up with an, a really bad combination of driving packed driving sort of environments. My parents. I grew up in New York. My oh. parents are both like. Brooklyn Italian nut jobs in a rush (laughs) at all times and so you know in New York everyone's quick 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 move 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 and then at 15 I moved to Germany and so then I sort of I you combine the New York urgency with the German ability to always follow the rules except the speed limits because Germans ignore those too and I have this Thing where I want everyone the fuck out of my way, but follow the rules, and that seems to be incompatible with the American driving style. Like, just get the fuck over. That is that. There is one driving lane, and everything else is a passing lane. And I'm the only person in the world who seems in this country who seems to know this. Yeah, or believe it. No, there there are others, but we are few and far between. No, I know. But I had to. I was with my 18 year old nephew. And I had to behave. So I I have to sort of straddle the line between setting a good example, i.e. not throwing beer bottles out the window at the cops. Um, (laughs) And and then also trying to expedite the process of him learning like, okay, there's a happy medium between me trying to expect everyone to drive like Germans and then that dumbass with no lights on in the left lane and a Nissan because is, you know he was getting a suntan from the gauges that are all lit up even <laughs> though he's got not a single light on the, in- <laughs> on the exterior of his car there's a happy medium somewhere in between there and I'm kind of hoping he hits that <laughs> what is it with Nissans I mean I, it's not just I don't know I was gonna ask I was gonna ask what the hell are they all it is it's all, mostly, almost. I mean, it, it is it, it is a, a, a problem in the entire industry. And I'll, joking aside, a problem in the entire industry is that modern cars have electroluminescent and backlit gauges that are lit up all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And many cars, mostly Japanese cars, will light up the center stack and the whole dashboard and dim them down to your normal level without having any way of telling you that you don't have a single fucking light on anywhere on the outside of the car. So, <laughs> I mean, 10 years ago, older Nissans and older you know, Toyota products would have just the dash on it full brightness. So when you, once you started to get skin cancer from that, you could realize, oh, maybe I should turn my lights on and they'll dim down. The new ones just are like, oh, it's dark. So you should have all the lights on and they should be dimmed normally and you have no way of telling. And I, my unofficial studies have shown that somewhere between three and five percent of cars on the road at night have no lights on at all. And they're almost all Asian, this yeah, is this Asian is for
1: car. all of you. This is the advantage of driving a mid-year Corvette. You can see if the damn headlights are up. Oh. I mean,
3: yeah, seriously, this is something that just didn't happen, by the way, in any car twenty years ago or no. twenty-five years ago. Mm-hmm. Because if you couldn't see the lighter to light your joint, you you knew your headlights weren't on.
0: <laughs> um, I will say, down in uh, Southern Missouri, I spent a month uh, down there uh, a little, just a little bit ago. And there were a number of vehicles that did drive around without headlights on, but most of them were Dodge Neons or Chevy Cobalts. And so so okay, those people are dead headlights. on the inside. Yeah, they're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they're like, America, I could yeah. die here Merc. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: I mean, Canada thank, Canada just passed a law last month uh, that now requires that exterior illumination be on if there are in, in, any interior illumination on. Well, that's Canada. Don't common they have, sense.
0: is it the sun up in Canada for like six months or something? Did not that... And they right, oh, yeah, it's Anything. one minute
3: a day for six months, then you <laughs> it off. Yeah, six months.
1: fair enough,
3: <laughs> hey, you want like go watch hockey,
4: yeah, <laughs> there you go. well see the Germans must have it right then because I have a Volkswagen that the lights are on all the time in the, in the in the gauge cluster, but when it if I don't have my headlights on and it starts to get dark, they actually dim them so you can't see them and it makes you put ding, the lights ding.
3: on, yeah. Somebody really thought about that.
0: Mm. They will
4: make um, you put I, your
3: lights I, on. Yeah, well,
1: German engineers are big <laughs> uh, big believers in schadenfreude. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but if, it, but if there's no camera to catch it, there's no schadenfreude. Uh, <laughs> it's just, there's yeah. just Schaden. Uh, if, uh, so if, if, we, if we make you uncomfortable enough, you'll do the right thing.
1: You're angry
0: right? and you love your mother too much.
1: Schadenfreude. <laughs> 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 nice. Uh in our brief email, uh, <laughs> you got him. In our brief email conversation, you mentioned that you thought uh, modern cars should be better. Uh, mm-hmm. Expound on that a little bit, if you would. What what isn't happening that you think should be, or what are manufacturers not doing that they should be?
3: Um, I think I think <laughs> that cars are from a from an engineering perspective. If you put your spectacles on and you put your little glasses there, from from an engineering and an objective measure they're better than ever meaning they're more reliable they're more efficient they tend to be quicker they do a lot of things better but uh in none of those sort of spreadsheets where they where they're gauging how good the car is did anyone bother to put in a a a field for fun and I think modern cars are getting better and better but less and less fun um Corey you you said you have a VW right Mm -hmm. I have a Mark 7 also um they are wonderful cars. But if you get out of a Mark seven and into a Mark five, which was basically the, the, the previous chassis of the car, it's night and day fun. The older cars are 10 times more fun. And I also have two Mark one Volkswagens. And if you sort of plot out the fun factor, it's gone from absolute hysteria, nonstop laughter to very serious capable car. And that's a good thing for, the, for most of us. Not in the case of a GTI though, right? I mean, I want a GTI to be fun. And the Mark VIII oh, yeah. is the least fun of them all. Um, <laughs> it's the most serious, but it's the least fun. And I think that mirrors basically every other car on the road. 3 Series BMW, all of the other icons. Um, with few exceptions, cars are just fucking boring. Yeah. They're really fast, but really boring.
4: How do you feel about the 987 Cayman S?
3: The 987 Cayman S still have the six-cylinder, so I'm mm-hmm. fine with it uh it still had hydraulic steering so i'm fine with it um that's a really great car ruined if i had to say why it was ruined and why it's not perfect by long gearing um that's long since been a porsche problem that uh you know second gear will get you at 85 miles an hour and so you just don't get to hear the magnif- magnificent noise of that of that engine or interact with that unbelievable shifter or all the rest of the stuff as much as you should um but there are 986s, 987s are just a joy to drive at normal speeds where once you transition to a 981, for example, electric power steering and more isolation, they're just boring until you're beating the shit out of it and then you go to jail. <laughs> I mean, the, the reality is capability has gone up and up and up and up and up. But our speed limits have gone down and and cops uh, acceptance of our fuckery has also gone down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I used to do you know shit. 20 years ago that you can't do now, or you will be shot at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, so why are the cars getting faster? The, the cars are bored. They're so capable that they're bored. So more, more so fun to
1: drive a slow car fast than a fast car slow.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And see, this is why I keep driving old crap. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good. Keep doing it. Somebody has got to destroy the environment. Uh d-
1: my, I won't let
0: the dinosaurs die in vain, as God yes. is my witness. Yeah, my
1: my cross country trip this summer in uh, May, I bought a '65 Corvette ragtop in Sacramento and drove it from uh, went down to Monterey and goofed off for a couple of days, and then drove it from Monterey to Kansas City, across uh, Nevada and Utah. And
3: uh, yeah, I did that my explains that hole in the ozone layer. Uh-huh. That, well, that's Weird. probably
1: why we're having tornadoes
3: here now. It's all my fault. <laughs> yep, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm bringing in the whole environmental thing because I know what your next questions or one of the other questions going to be. So I'm just. You yeah, just sure. well,
2: it up. I'm
3: t- I'm just
1: it up. <laughs> Don't it's worry okay. about it. You're not going to offend any EV lovers here. So mm-hmm. uh, wait.
3: Oh you just wait. That sounds like a challenge.
2: <laughs>
1: challenge accepted. <laughs> the, the three cars Ooh, I drive the jeez. most, Jason, are a sixty Corvette, a sixty five Corvette, and a sixty one Impala with a four oh nine. No, what? you're not no no EV fans here. Uh in the news segment tonight, we discussed an article Jack Baruth wrote for Haggardly last week, and I thought it was brilliant. Uh, Jack put into words what I've long thought about EVs and I'm wondering what are your thoughts on EVs and the
3: future of enthusiast cars? Okay. So you sent me that quote and I had to laugh, um, mm. because obviously Jack and I both work for Hagerty. Yeah. Um, I have eight cars, seven of which are manual transmission horribly gross polluting oh i have so much
1: more respect for you now <laughs> oh yeah
3: they're horrible i mean <laughs> cat what i live in california of course i have a catalytic converter in my car they all pass my- <laughs> uh the one thing you might not know is that my eighth car is dun, 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 an ev, an EV. What, um, on, um, which one it? that's the e-golf so my mark 7 golf mm-hmm. is an electric golf um that's another I have reason
1: a- it's
4: horrible
3: Mine, mine's a GTI, i think <laughs> So thank God. I mean, good for you. Uh, let yeah. me say one thing. Once you live with an EV, there is no going back. Really? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I drove it today because I was in traffic and I got a, I have one of those little stickers that allows me to pass to everyone going like, you know, giving them the finger yep. in, the, in the HOV lane. Um, I wanted my eighth car to be something that I don't have to warm up. Uh, I hit the little button. It turns on. It says ready. I put it in gear and I lay tire right the fuck out of my drive. <laughs> <laughs> um there's no warm up period there's no oil changes there's no maintenance there's no anything else um there's also no stopping at gas stations and so i mean about half of my day around town miles happen in the ev yeah. um and i really genuinely won't ever go back i've thought i mean i basically just found out that a friend of mine got offered three times what i paid for my e-golf uh for hers and i thought and i have a third of the miles and i thought oh my god i can make like serious money on this car but then you have to But no way yeah, I'm not doing it. I, EVs, again, it's one of these things you have to live with it. You have to, you have to day in and day out interact with one to understand why the benefits can ding 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 asterisk not necessarily do can outweigh internal combustion engines. Um, I will never have an automatic. I don't like automatics. I don't like waiting for gear changes. I don't like the idea of a fucking torque converter. It's the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> um, I also am not going to have any sort of automated manual because, frankly, they all suck. Um, and so, except for Porsche stuff, Porsche's PDK is really good. Um, but I, I, if I'm going to interact with an internal combustion engine, I want to interact with it. I don't want a torque request pedal that that says he wants this much torque and have the computer figure out what gear and you know what throttle opening, whatever. I want to do it. Um, EVs aren't automatics. There's no gear changes to be had, and this stupid e Golf that does zero to sixty in eight point four seconds is so much faster in the real world than my Lotus Elise with a supercharger on it um, <laughs> that does zero to sixty in 4.2 That I just can't. I can't stop driving it through town like a complete asshole. Uh, I've I've said before,
1: <laughs> he's an honest man. I, I've, <laughs> I've I've
4: said before
1: that if I could get uh, a Model S Plaid for a reasonable price. It makes sense because ninety-five percent of your driving is in town. You're not going very far, and you know you never have to gas it up. That said, you know since May I've been driving that stupid that sixty-five Corvette, and mm-hmm. that thing gets no miles per gallon and pollutes everything. Every time you get out of it, you smell like exhaust. You just can't avoid it. It's mm-hmm. got a side pipe two feet from your head, and I, I wouldn't trade the summer I had with that thing for anything. Good.
3: Good. Here's here's the reality of it. We are the exception. We're the car guys, right? I mean, okay, sure. I drive an EV every day, whatever. It's easier. I mean, I have a grocery store that is a quarter mile from my house. I can't in good conscience fire up one of my old cars and drive it a quarter of a mile and not think about the horrible shit I'm putting in the oil. <laughs> oh my God, there's said I gotta worry about this. Now I gotta go on a 40 mile drive to just warm the oil up. I just, I, I couldn't bear that. The reality though is for, for the general transportation needs of the general public, let them go electric. Leave me the gas to burn at 9,000 RPM. Like you guys go. <laughs> there is no reason for any of these housewives in Priuses. I'm su- I'm su- that's sort of my geographic area. It's just every, everybody drives a Prius. You want them. Yeah. There's no reason for them to be burning gas at all. Um, they're driving two miles a day. They're sort of, it's sort of suburban and urban environment here where distances aren't far. We don't have really cold winters. EVs are the better solution for them. Which leaves more gas for me to burn.
0: This. <laughs> <laughs> I like his concept. Um, yeah. Well, well I, I want my EVs to look really screwball. Like uh, Mesher Schmidt <laughs> is putting back out that that little one-seater. That's the three-wheeled one-seater, and it's just dumb as hell looking. And it, it's like it's a Disney knockoff vehicle, and I freaking love it. You're going to have to forgive Mark,
1: though. He also likes the. Uh, the aircraft carrier length Mopars from the late Hell 60s yeah. and the early 70s.
0: I would be able to put I mean, this on as my hood ornament. <laughs> and I would your, be the proud of it. You, you're darn right.
3: <laughs> in the trunk is a dinghy. Look, I mean, you know, you, Mark, are like all the, the traditional car companies who think EVs have to look like fucking dumb. I mean, look yeah. at Leaf. Look at, I mean, how? Look, oh, no, look you got to go VW further. Leaf oh. isn't
0: adventurous enough, though. It's like, OK, here's a lump. I'm going to make this rock into a car. And no, give me something with some lines and some humps on it that's dumb as, uh, dumb as heck.
1: But still... <laughs> I really think shit's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. all right. Are you going to get away with that, Mark? <laughs> I think so on this show. What, you, uh, you may as well give up on this one. We don't have enough car
3: horn bleeps to or make Or dumb it as scheisse. There we go. All better. <laughs> <laughs> Thema
0: party. To, Until you upload those. to Germany. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> um, I just don't understand why like Mercedes, you know, Mercedes styling and Volkswagen, the German car company styling has always been very traditional, yeah. very simple, very almost Italian in its, in its lack of BS. And now all of a sudden, with the, every time a German car company comes out with, a, with an electric car, they make it look like a caricature. Of itself, <laughs> what the fuck is that about? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to keep dropping <laughs> no. f it. Fuck Fuck. They're me. angry too.
0: <laughs> oh, you want an electric car? Yeah. Okay. Here, look at this. What the hell is it? You don't have an. electric.
3: Car. Fuck off. It's stupid. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's
2: stupid.
0: Yeah.
3: This is not going to be able to do 300 kilometers an hour on the uh, autobahn for 10 hours straight. So they're probably it look stupid.
0: Jesus, they are buying it too. What are we going to do now?
1: certainly there are some bright spots in the uh, collector car world or the enthusiast car. world world
3: there are huge bikes i mean first of all if you own a whole bunch of cars right now we're doing really well because values are going through the roof why yes because modern cars suck if modern cars (laughs) didn't suck that bad our old shit wouldn't be worth a fortune right that's my. that's my (laughs) it's pretty accurate yeah you're not economic evaluation jason style right i mean (laughs) there's a reason why all the old stuff is getting getting really expensive and the classic car market is on fire and it has been
1: it has been for the longest time You know, uh, my other job is I'm a senior auction analyst for sports car market. So I've been going to all the auctions. I've been seeing all the weird stuff that's selling for unbelievable money. Uh, I've been seeing crappy stuff that's selling for unbelievable Unbelievable money. money, Uh, all of it is. And you know, but between people thinking I want a hard asset for an investment that I can drive and enjoy, uh, to, I, I want to get my hands on one of these before it's too late. And I, I, want to have a chance to drive it, uh, whatever the reason is, all the collector stuff has been white hot for a year and a half. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to slow down until the end of next year.
3: I mean, I I often wonder how much of it has to do with the new car chip shortages and and everything else. And I really, I'm not sure they are related. No. Yeah. The price of a 2017 Toyota Camry might be slightly elevated because of that. Uh, But certainly no one is buying, you know, a mint condition Dodge Omni GLH for transportation purposes. Um, And that car has done a 10X, or I'm, you know, making this shit up as I go along. But I mean, they've really (laughs) gone all, all of the sort of, all of every car that every shitbox that we loved from the last 30 years is suddenly worth three times as much. Yeah, And I think that's just a testament to how boring modern cars are, frankly.
1: Well, um, that and the idea look at that, the last year and a half with COVID, it's something you can do. That's fun that you don't have to be around anybody else. You don't have to have a mask on and you can go it's enjoy true. yourself and nobody can say anything about it. It's true. Uh, yeah. The only downside is, Now that everybody's gone back to work and everybody's gone back on vacation, the price of gas has gone through the roof and uh, it costs more to fill them up. But unless you're a dummy like me and you drive them every day, that's not really that big a problem.
0: Well, and part of the beauty, too, is as as we work from home and a lot of us get to work remotely, quote unquote, uh, you don't burn up as much gas. So you've got more money to save for that big monster that you drag out you know, two to three no. days a week rather than having to drive five or then go, God, God I
1: best not drive the Monster. Yeah, my commute is 16 right. feet.
3: Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs>
1: it's... It, it hadn't been too bad, and but you I,
3: don't want to start an internal combustion engine to move your car, your car 16, sixteen feet. <laughs> we all know what that puts in <laughs> the oil uh, and what it does uh, to the carpet.
1: That yeah. I- that doesn't even get the Impala out of the garage.
3: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem I don't have. My <laughs> yeah, you, you've uh, got yeah, little short, short cars. Car, yeah.
1: uh, that, that Impala is about as long as a Suburban. That's a big car. You're the
0: only. That's the only car that I've heard the fuel pump on it going. Whoa! Yeah, well,
1: it's like, damn. How many RPM are you doing before you start the car? But, but think what its feet. It's got the. Yeah. It's got two four barrels on top of that four. Fuel
0: pump has a tack. I mean, like, come on, man. Remember, <laughs> remember Jesus. what Chris Niganchi said.
1: When you go get gas in that, you have to shut the car off, off so them. the pump can catch up.
0: <laughs> Not wrong. Wasn't, so, that, wasn't that
4: something I looked up and I said it was like it's going to be as long as the Sprinter van, the yeah. Mercedes Sprinter van. I'm fuel up. cell <laughs> prison cell tomato. <laughs> it's a car with two doors?
1: Rivian and Lucid are two of the new EV companies that seem to offer better products than are currently avail- available from Tesla or other manufacturers. Where do you see them in the market uh, as, as we're discussing EVs and, and uh, are they too good to be true?
3: I, you know, it's a really, that's a really bunch of interesting really questions there. I don't think they're too good to be true, but I think, I mean, I think Tesla has proven that you can have a, at least somewhat sustainable business uh, disrupting the traditional car companies and that's something no one has done since i don't i don't know 70 years since tucker i mean um and i think the reason why is that the the engineering behind the automobile is now complete it's done we know how to build a car you know we can we've sort of settled on one type of steering and one type of fuel injection and one type of everything else um and so as a commodity it's very easy for all of these startups to build a car um, and then what they can do is then apply agile techniques to them. So I mean, the, the way you know these guys design the, the interiors and stuff, they can they can do more, far more quickly than the traditional car companies. And then certainly with the powertrain, I think we're I think they're a sign of disruption. Whether they survive or not, I don't know. I suspect they will. Um, I suspect you know a company like Rivian, uh, for example, that just you know. Completely shattered everyone's expectations of what a pickup truck can do um, has a real shot, Um, you know. Especially when they sort of—I think they just backed out of their Ford deal. So they were supposed to supply Ford with electric pickup trucks, and they were like, "Fuck you, we don't need you." I mean, they have enough. They have enough. Mm -hmm. Do they still have their?
1: Do they still have their deal with Amazon?
3: I believe they still do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably enough.
1: Yeah, that's
4: the big. That's probably you're right. They're only getting a couple hundred thousand vehicles out of
3: them <laughs> but i mean yeah. they, you know I, I drove one briefly i haven't really spent too much time in it. it you know if the customer cars are anything like that and i suspect they will be wow i mean wow i mean wow, a tesla really. has proven that the the traditional measures of the quality of construction of a car i.e panel gaps and fit and finish and whatever is just not relevant to the end user consumer they don't know about it oh yeah of course they're going to notice when a you know a piece of trim falls off their tesla um or their rivian but short of that they're just blissfully unaware of that kind of stuff. And in the case of Tesla stuff, all the user interface stuff is so much better than anything else in those segments that people are willing to put up with that level of bullshit. And frankly, I think the same thing is going to happen with um, with Rivian. I think it's going to be a while before we have EVs from the traditional pickup truck makers. Um, and when we do, they had better have the space utilization and all the other really cool features that that Rivian stuff has or they're in trouble. Frankly, do you think that uh, Tesla will
1: complete uh, their uh, when they come out with their pickup? It'll look like the concept that they had a year ago.
3: I mean, it's really tough to say. I, I don't believe a word that, you know, Elon says, because every time you say that you want to be wrong. I, I just saw a spy video of one today at the Tesla track behind behind the Fremont plant. And what came out of my mouth is, oh, fuck, they're really doing that. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so absurd. It's so dumb. But how much other stupid shit have they done? I mean, go drive a plaid, and that you want to talk about dumb? That is the stupidest car in the face of the planet in the history of the world. I kind of love it because you know makes everyone sick in like zero point two seconds. Yeah, yeah. But um, (laughs) but wow! I mean, they just keep pulling off the stuff that every time we say they're not going to do it, they do. So.
1: I I want them to build that truck, and I want it to look like that, and I want somebody to buy a low-boy aluminum trailer and put a DeLorean on it behind it. (laughs) It, It'll happen.
3: (laughs) One way or another, you've now planted a seed. I I think
1: that would be so perfect, and I just want to see someone do it. I, sure
3: i mean once i don't think i really want to see those things on the road i think it is dumb beyond belief but hey um you know i'm not the target market for oh, a you, cyber truck you know well, the first the thousand of those look
1: that look hit stupid. the road people are yes. going to be throwing uh rocks at the back window to see if it really works like it didn't in the
3: demonstration <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: i haven't even thought about that you got a bunch of little assholes running around the oh parking yeah lots going, oh, oh it, it doesn't work d- d-
3: d- uh, there was when I was in college. I had one of these girls that was in in my dorm had a Saturn, and a bunch of drunk guys decided one night to find out if it was really dent proof.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, I, I think you're no. on something. Those oh, are it's not. I mean, not, no. the side panels were, but the but the roof and hood oh, were not. God. No, they were steel. Yeah, they yes. destroyed her car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they were for a little bit anyway. So I think we'll see. I think you're right. We're going to see that on, with the Cybertruck too. <laughs> All right, let's get back to good
1: stuff. Uh, the Subaru BRZ and its cousin, the Toyota 86 offer amazing performance for the price point. And I just, everything I've read, I've not had the privilege to drive one, but everything I've read says they're fantastic cars. What is it you love about them? They're simple. They're simple.
3: And that are we do not need layer after layer after layer of complexity with, you know, automatic, this and blah, 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 that give me a front engine, lightweight rear drive car. Um, that loves to be sideways and uh, and responds when I hit the gas pedal, you know, no turbos, no waiting, none of that bullshit. Um, they got the recipe right. They're right now, you know, I hear people say, especially other journalists, they're like, oh, this is a great time to be a car guy. Bullshit. There's nothing. We have no sports coupes. We have no sports cars. The, the amount of cars that are actually interesting is is infinitesimal right now. Like everything just kind of is mass market and, you know, oh, 12, people say, oh, 12,000 BRZs a year is a complete marketplace failure. Bullshit, right? Not every car has to sell 200,000 units a year. Um, and so we have a couple of exceptions to that. And Miata and BRZ are the two sort of really small, lightweight, lightweight in modern terms in the case of the BRZ because mm-hmm. it is 2,800 pounds. But, um, you know, pure driving experience cars that are just fun. It doesn't have to do they, zero to sixty in the mid fives. Both those cars. I mean, you know, there's nothing old that any of us have that can probably keep up with them in the no, real world. No, uh, right? They're really, really, really quick, and yet, you know, they pass modern crash tests and um, and you know have all the benefits of modern safety stuff that you can switch off. The fact um, that
1: they the fact <laughs> that they were able to do that and keep it down around twenty eight hundred pounds is nothing short of remarkable. Right.
3: I mean, every every time I have a German engineer, I say, well, it's not possible for us to reach these expectations without adding 200 kilograms of mass. I say, all I say is Miata. Fuck you, Miata. Fuck you. <laughs> Miata's 2,350 pounds. You're all full of shit. There's no reason the Z4 and the Super have to be 3,500 pounds. That's not a sports car. That's a, that's an obese problem of your inefficiencies internally when it's a 1,000 pounds heavier or 1,200 pounds heavier than a Miata, which is more fun anyway, by the way. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think the BRZ and, and the GR 86, which whatever the fuck they're all calling these cars, right? <laughs> right now, <laughs> um, just a really wonderful throwback. To it. And it's, you know, it's nice to have a $30,000 car, $28,000 car that, you know, younger people have a chance of being able to afford that are actually fun. That's uh, really cool.
4: And, and one of the more fun ones, according to, you know, you know, listening to you talk about them before they're, they're one of the more fun ones, then buying one that's two or three times the cost.
3: Yeah. yeah yeah i i, I would I rather honestly i mean you know the, the boxer came in right now are four cylinders and they're just kind of off my christmas card list yeah. they're just dead to me um but you know there's <laughs> basically, basically bought the nothing. good one cory yeah, i did <laughs> yeah seriously i mean once they went four cylinder they kind of ruined the car the gt4 the current you know the current gt cars are unbelievable oh, sure. four cylinders in gts but you're talking you know 100, 100 grand yeah um And honestly, in terms of fun, I would, I would have Miata over anything that Porsche makes in terms of fun, right? You know, Porsche, some of the GT cars are unbelievable in terms of the experience, but the speeds at which you need to drive those cars. Perfect, perfect case in point, actually. My neighbors had a, have a 911 GT3 touring, had, um, took it out occasionally, but they also have a Miata and they drew, every day. I hear the Miata with a lot of exhaust on it. I hear the Miata goes by. <laughs> I never heard that GT three ever. Uh, and after two years they sold it with like 1200 miles on it. And they're like, it's oh. just mm. second gear is 90 miles an hour. We mm. can't use this car. Yeah. And they bought an M two. So their kid could sit in the back seat, and that now sits and they fight over the Miata. They drive daily, drive a Tesla, <laughs> you know, when they need to go to the grocery store. Otherwise it's the Miata. Miata always wins. Um, and so why you know I love the Porsche stuff but come on let's let's I mean you know get rid of our inferiority complex here and just drive Miatas and BRZs and stuff that's actually fun. A,
1: a couple of years ago I was looking at a uh a 96 993 uh mm-hmm. that had 26,000 miles on it. It was black over black coupe. And just the steering on that was mm-hmm. so beautiful and so mm-hmm. precise and you felt everything. And there was nothing hampering that, and I just thought that was the the best handling car I'd ever driven, mm-hmm. and I still want one. I, I, you know, apparently not more than I wanted that blue Corvette, but
3: uh, <laughs> I, I'd still want to own a nine nine three. I'd say a nine nine three has probably outperformed any investment you could have made in the stock market. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, they're they've gotten expensive, and they are frankly the least fun of all the air cooled nine eleven. Really, they're the best. Yeah, engineering wise they're the best. They've sort of fixed a lot of the problems, but they're very serious. Um <laughs> and they're uh, they're very buttoned down and I tend to like cars that are loose and ratchet. Well, I got um, I got like some of those. Should makers. you ever find yourself in the Midwest?
1: <laughs> one of one of the best things I've seen you do on YouTube for Haggerty was your uh, your review of the Cadillac CT5V Blackwing versus the BMW M5 CS versus the Tesla model plaid. Um, Mm. You need somebody to pat you on the back for that. That was a great piece of work. Very well done. Uh, Tell us what makes the CT5V
3: and also the CT4V such a hoot. They have a sense of humor. They're stupid. (laughs) I mean, the idea, let's let's think about this here. Let's take a formal family sedan and put a 668 horsepower supercharged V8 with rear-wheel drive and stick. In it. I mean, it's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. It looks um, like something you'd dream up in study hall in high school. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't <laughs> pass any. I mean, look, the plaid is just dumb on so many so many levels. It's just, you know, if you saw the video, you saw the the drag race was staggering. I mean, mm-hmm, the, the yeah. Cadillac yeah. is the fastest and most powerful. Uh, the, the CD5V Blackwing Is the fastest and most powerful Cadillac ever made The M5 CS is the quickest and most powerful BMW ever made and they were left fucking Dead yeah. by that Plaid I mean night and <laughs> gone I mean it was embarrassing Like we I, we were watching the footage And we were like wait a second did the M5 Stall on the line like it was just The Plaid was just gone but What those other two cars were missing and what the Cadillac had was just A sense of theater and whimsy and Fun Um it's geared too long it's not perfect um and actually during the filming i didn't have enough time to really spend time before i wrote the script and spend too much time with the cars but the ct4 wound up actually being my favorite of the two um same thing it's the wrong completely wrong engine that should never have a v6 in it it should be a small block but the the rest of the car is scalpel precise and it's actually interesting to drive at normal speeds really um yeah, so you know the M5 is automatic only, and it's very serious with its all-wheel drive system, putting the power down. I think that CT the CT5 lit up the rear tires at 80 miles an hour on the public roads, like like it was nothing. <laughs> um, it was just stupid. Hey, it's, it's just a closest
1: Cadillac dealer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Go drive one. It I is, want to. <laughs> I mean, they're really. It, it's funny because it's very much a, a, a dual personality. On track, it was really hooked up. It didn't feel like a Hellcat does, where it just wow, my Fax line is ringing. Um, uh, that is very interesting. I'm gonna, I know what, that, what that happened was. JC Whitney um, has
0: your uh, wheel covers. I, yeah, geez, I have
3: no way of muting this because what is that? Um, it's a Google Voice number that I've had for years. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, I bet your pager is going off too. You might
0: want to check. Oh, yeah. Probably
3: somebody's paging me 911 right now. Um, <laughs> Big fat the, bag of uh, booger sugar. the um so like a hellcat is just a complete disaster when you when you really try to move in it right can't put the power down they're fun i love them for it uh but the the blackwing stuff really is hooked up and they do well around a racetrack and great on a back road but don't lose any of that sense of humor i mean you know let's do a burnout yes i mean any family sedan that has line lock (laughs) <laughs> come on, come on! I mean, this is that's this amazing. is the kind of shit. that yeah. only American now I really want the quickest of those. way
4: to change tires?
3: <laughs> no, I won't tell you how many. I think we went through a total of twenty tires on uh, filming oh. on, on all all of the cars on that. Oh. Went through a lot of tires filming. Oh, that that that's episode. spectacular! That's awesome. Yeah, it sucked. I mean, poor me. Yeah, you're the reason.
1: <laughs> you're the reason <laughs> it's flooding in Southern California right now. Yeah,
3: now, I think we got six miles per gallon out of that. Oh, uh, my God. Now, now, you're
1: talking about the
4: drag race and how much the Plaid just absolutely, you know, crashed, dominated. Uh, but yeah. what about the actual track time between the three?
3: That was unbelievable, actually. It was really interesting. So we sent I, – I had a suspicion that the, that the Plaid was going to do really well just because – you can basically plot out cars. You can estimate cars' lap times based on power to weight. It's very simple, right? They can mm-hmm. handle well or not, but really peak speeds in, in the middle of the straights is it's what's really going to cut down the lap time. Uh, so we sent Randy Popes out. First, first, he did the M5, and he was like, well, this thing's amazing. And then he beat that time in the Cadillac, which we didn't think was going to happen
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, because good. the M5 is just such a rocket. It's 627 horsepower only but it you know rockets out of corners with that it was like the most amazing all-wheel drive system um and so the caddy beat it and we were like whoa well, that's kind of unexpected yeah and then we sent him out in the plat and this was a Toro rental um, oh. the guy, the, owner, <laughs> oh, no. what happens when car companies don't have PR departments, oh, no. uh, <laughs> That's
4: awesome. That's
3: awesome. <laughs> the owner of the car would want up being super cool about the whole thing. I'm like, do I oh, nice. ask for forgiveness or do I ask for permission? I'm usually one to ask for forgiveness, but I want to tell him the guy in advance. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. So I told Randy, I'm like, you know, Randy Popes is, is a fast driver, SCCA hall of fame, yeah. blah, 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 blah. What he does that no one else can do is it does his fastest lap on his first lap, period. He's fastest. He does one sort of recon run at like six tenths or seven tenths. And he mm. f- flings it into one quarter. And in one corner has the whole car figured out. So he does one wow. hot lap comes in and that's always his fastest. The second lap is always uh-huh. slower because the tires went off. He's always amazing. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So he, I, I sent him out and I'm like, okay, look, Toro car. We don't have budget to replace the tires on this thing. You got one shot. He's like, okay, I can do this. He he goes out. He fucking flew by us down the front straight. It sounded like a a jet. Like, (laughs) we're like, oh, shit. He he comes back in and he was like, he comes in the car and he's, Randy is very nunnish when he's not, when he's on camera not so much in the nun department when he's <laughs> off camera. So he's like, holy shit, I don't trust these fucking brakes. <laughs> of course, he would never use those words. know. Oh, he was like six seconds. I could have gotten six seconds out of this fucking thing if I if trusted the brakes and the stability c- control didn't intervene and whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I guess, guess, you know, my, my guesses are all going to be completely wrong. No, it beat the Cadillac, which meant Did that really. it's the record, the four-door lap record at Willow Springs. Fastest wow. sedan ever. Wow. And after mm-hmm. one stop, he did say that he could smell the brakes. After two <laughs> stops, the brakes stunk, but they continued to work and he, and he made it. Oh, uh, we didn't destroy the brakes, we didn't destroy the tires, and, and the we car destroyed one. Yeah. I'm guessing yeah. regenerative braking wasn't scrubbing much speed. I mean, the joke <laughs> is that if it, it, I think the thing can do up to a thousand horsepower worth of regen. Uh, I mean, you wow. know, that's what it can, what, what can come out of the battery is usually about what can go back in. Um, but when you're dealing with 5,000 pounds, so the, the crazy thing was uh, he hit yeah. 140 miles an hour on the front straight in the in the m in the Cadillac, like 138 in the BMW, 140 in the Cadillac. And he, when he came back in, he's like, "I think the Tesla's broken." It started to really like it, it basically died halfway down the straight. Well, when I looked at the numbers at the start finish line, which is two thirds of the way down the street, he was, he was at 60. the 163 mile an hour yeah. limiter. Yeah, So he's 23 miles an hour faster than any of those other cars. We,
1: and it would have
4: went faster if it had the, oh yeah. it had the limiter. On. Yeah. We wow. did
1: a story last week on the news. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the Tesla having a top end at 162, 163, and car drivers saying, it might be able to go faster, but you wouldn't want to be in it.
3: <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I really think if there's one landmark car that's going to cause the government to step in and say, no more of this bullshit, it's that. Really? Um, I mean, while we were filming, so, you know, the crew have been in the car with me doing horrible shit in the fastest cars in the world. Uh, and that was the first time Anthony, my director, who's he's driven everything himself. He's a great driver in the passenger seat was like dropped his phone, screamed. I mean, it was hilarious. And then was like, fuck this. Fuck this. this is no way. This is dangerous. People are going to die in this thing. This shouldn't be. He sounded all of a sudden like an old man. He's 31. And, and the uh, and the joke, well, not joke, the, you know, the iron, very ironic very thing was while we were filming, somebody flew through a house in Florida and killed a woman and her dog oh, in oh, a plat. Oh, um, yeah. oh my God. And just a oh. house at the end of a cul-de-sac and someone probably just didn't realize just how fast that thing gathers speed and went through That's someone's like, house and killed her. And we're awesome. at a point where somebody's got to stop this because it can't, you can't. I mean, the thing is struggling for traction up to 100 miles an hour. We're done. We've hit the limit. Enough. No more. Yeah. Jet, no jet packs on the back of this fucking roadster that's coming next. We don't mm-hmm. need any of that shit. Well, this isn't,
1: is isn't it sub two seconds zero to sixty?
3: About. It's, it's like, like one
1: nine, nine or something.
3: Yeah, one. I mean, Tesla claims one nine nine. Motor Trend got a two point zero. Car and Driver got a two one. I mean, it's just it's so at that the the crazy thing is you don't notice in that car that there's stability control and traction control uh, active the entire time. It's no. And in EVs that are programmed well, you're dealing with uh, with traction control at the speed of electricity, which is instantaneous. Mm-hmm. So they are, it is actually fighting traction the entire way to, you know, until the torque starts to dip off at 100 miles an hour. Um, So it's so dependent there. There's zero to 60 numbers and the quarter mile numbers are so dependent on the surface that you're going to see, you know, anything from one one nine to two five probably. Um, It's just dumb. Yeah, I hate hate to
1: sound old, but if you went back 20 years and you had a car that ran in the fours, that was screaming fast.
3: Yeah. And now it's less than half that the watch go back and watch that video and remember that that m5 there's one shot where you can see it was a handheld camera from the inside of the m5 watching the tesla just walk off the line yeah that m5 cs does zero to sixty and two i think i got two six out of it it is when i when we crunch the numbers the fastest production car in the history of the world before the bugatti veyron came out so faster than a mclaren it would leave a mclaren f1 for dead i mean it. And it got left for dead by yeah. an innocuous looking EV family sedan with brakes <laughs> this big. It not, is not a good thing for safety <laughs> <and> for anybody. <laughs> um, let's talk more not
1: good stuff. Uh, I, I, I've got a pretty good idea where you're going to go with this already. You've got some thoughts on the proliferation of turbos on everything and also on the, uh, the glory of naturally aspirated cars.
3: Okay, sorry about your GTI, Corey. So, <laughs> no,
4: no, hey, the wife drives it 85% of the time. I drive the perfect. Porsche naturally, yes. perfect. Perfect.
3: And a man, there, there's nothing inherently wrong with turbos, except there's everything inherently wrong with turbos. They don't respond the way that we want cars to respond to. And if you have a car that's at the cornering limit or at the limits of adhesion, you need quick response to be able to control it. So, I, being that I drive like a complete asshole, um, I, d- I don't, I won't accept a turbocharger car the the reality is for again for most people doing their normal commute you can save a lot of gas by downsizing and putting a turbo and direct injection on a car um and then they can have the torque that they want because most drivers don't want horsepower they want torque which is easy low rpm power so they can you know squirt into traffic never having to go up over 3000 rpm turbos are great for that um so i think turbos should be relegated to sort of Camrys and Mazda sixes and the sort of normal type of cars that people drive every day, but leave them out of the performance cars. And so I think it's really interesting that like growing up, I had a book called turbo and it was a list of every turbocharged production (laughs) car. And it was all like the hottest of all the hot shit, like, you know, 288 GTO and F40 was later. And, you know, but but what I, I think we realized over time is the cars that really are amazing are naturally aspirated L- leave the turbos for the grannies as i would say and just you know put naturally aspirated engines where they count okay go gt we're, cars. we're,
1: we're getting to the yeah. go gto
4: <laughs> <laughs> that works too uh by yeah. the
1: way i want to rematch when i have two fewer people in the car thanks oh we'll get it all right we'll
3: uh
1: we're on to the good stuff what's in your collection right now
3: uh okay by model year i'll start oldest to new Okay. Oldest to newest. 1975 Ferrari 308 GT4. Oh, you still have it. Um, cool. Oh, I still have it. Um, that is one of my newest, my newest, one of my newest additions. Uh, you think your cars use gas? That is four double throat Webers, um, <laughs> ah, yes. And somehow a tiny little 2.9 liter V8 can muster 11 miles per gallon, no matter what I do. It's a, it's an impressive <laughs> amount of waste. Um, uh, <laughs> Brilliant car. Uh, (laughs) 1985 Mercedes 190E 2.316, which was the Cosworth engine homologation car. Yes. Love it. Um, Me too. 1987 Volkswagen Scirocco 16 valve, which I've had for almost 25 years. That's awesome too. Uh, That's my number one. Um, 1988 uh volkswagen cabriolet so i.e the bitch basket Mm -hmm. um which is fully scirocco 16 valve swap so basically it allows me to drive the scirocco without risking the scirocco Mm -hmm. um plus put the top down and fit two friends in the back um 1989 bmw325i sedan that's a shitbox. that's sort of like a rally and track car um 1990 bmw325i wagon that's Ooh. Again, that same car. So I get to drive my my E30 without risking my E30. See how that works? Nice. Um, 2008 Lotus Elise SC, which was one of the factory supercharged cars, uh, and then 2019 E Golf, which is you know the best car I've ever owned. <laughs> Just to piss you off.
1: <laughs> so you've claimed repeatedly you drive like an a hole. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car?
4: Oh, the list must be quite
1: long um, let him oh, yeah. think, I let didn't him think. this
3: is a six-hour podcast um, <laughs> the <laughs> i mean the dumbest one that i'm statute of limitations will allow me to talk about so, <laughs> nobody was there friend, they
1: didn't see it didn't
3: allegedly see it. allegedly yeah. allegedly uh this is kind of a funny one so i had an e39 five series wagon um and i had this one friend who I've had friends. We've been friends for twenty years. Not a car guy. Doesn't know anything about cars or give a shit anything about cars. But I've gotten four major tickets with him in the car. So I no longer allow him in in any of my cars. Yeah, no crap. I mean, I'm talking ninety four and a fifty five once. I mean, big tickets. Like, Dang. and it, it, he's just fucking. I don't know what it is about him. Ninety four so, and a fifty five. Don't you usually have to go appear before a magistrate
1: when you get caught for that?
3: I did. I did. <laughs> No, it wasn't as bad as the 110 and a 55 because then I had to get a public defender because that was actually a crime and not just a traffic violation. You know, that was my first ticket we're, ever. We won't talk about that. Oh, my man. God. Go, go bigger. Go um, home. No, that's a limitation. 110 and 55. On that. <laughs> Did you tell him I thought the sign
1: said times two?
3: Yeah. Well, come on. If you, it you double, double, it Tuesday. doesn't count. Two for Tuesday. <laughs>
1: right? Two for
3: two. <laughs> Uh, so my, my friend Ryan's in my five series and he's asking me how I do all these drift things. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'll show you. <laughs> so we're on, this, we're on this road and I pull off onto a side road so that I can make a left-hand turn back onto this main road. And it's two lanes with a median and then two more lanes. So a lot of a lot of room to drift and a lot of room to do terrible things. And it's raining and it's cold outside and I have winter tires on it. So I have no problem getting it sideways. So we pull out onto the side road and we're waiting at the light, and I'm like, okay, and you need to look both ways. I will look in all directions, <laughs> and we will make sure there are no cops around um, because this is just going to be, you know, reckless yeah. driving if if I get seen. So he's looking. He looks. I look. The light turns green. I brake torque it. I start a burnout. Um, to get the tires nice and greasy and then fling it to the intersection at the limiter in seconds. So it's just bah, 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 and he's laughing and we're laughing and we're having such a good time and as the car is coming back in line into the rearview mirror comes the flashing red lights. Um, in the in our infinite stupidity we had looked in every direction except right behind me. Uh, and there was a cop car right behind me that whole time sitting at the light with me never saw him. And, and, and the cops saying look at these shitheads wow. <laughs> but we got so somebody. he comes over the, so i pull over it you know he, he comes over the window and he was like what the fuck was that no i'm doing i did a standing burnout don't forget before i mean yeah, a standing right, burnout right. through the last couple of seconds well, of the red light there's exhibition oh, yeah i just handed him my license i'm like cut it in half just go ahead Please, cut it in half. I deserve it. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm blind. I'm a fucking moron. Obviously, I didn't see you behind me. I looked every direction except right behind me. Just fucking cut it in half. Take it, please. I'm a moron.
2: Um, and he's like, what
3: the fuck? And I'm like, look, my idiot friend uh, he asked me how I did do a drift. I showed him. <laughs> that was reckless. No, it wasn't. I didn't, didn't hit anything, officer. Um <laughs> Yeah, it I, was stupid, a, not reckless. Yeah, it was stupid. It was beautiful. It was a gorgeous slide. Come on, you gotta give me some
0: props here. Cops, w-
4: at
3: the same time, you 100- score it. It was a 184 horsepower wagon with an automatic and an open diff. Come that on, style points, fucking style talent. Point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's probably if you ask me the stupidest, that's probably the stupidest. Um, I, I have, a, per-
1: look and I have a personal mantra from experience. You know, you're in deep shit if the cop
3: walks up to your car laughing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that's, but
3: then at least, you know, my, it's my goal always make them laugh, immediately make them laugh yeah. because you know, they deal with so many assholes at the end. It's a, it's a really tough job to be a cop. And so, you know, m- my thing is I just admit it, whatever I was doing right away mm-hmm. and try to make a joke out of it, but then be serious. Like, well, I know that I just came around that corner sideways, but I actually know what I'm doing, even if it was hideously illegal and stupid. Um, and just, you know, kind of be nice to them. So I'm always looking for the ones that are laughing often when I'm involved, they're not laughing. Yeah. That's the problem. I got upset.
1: I got caught flying in town in that 60 Corvette and it's red with a white cove. You cannot miss this car. And the cop pulled me over. I pulled into the first parking lot I could get to. He walked up laughing and I just looked at him
3: and said, how bad is it? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, do my I, trick I
3: hand them your license they cut it in half that, that that one gets that disarms them really quick just cut it in half i fucking deserve it just go for it
1: yeah kansas state <laughs> troopers are they they pull them from the part of the hospital for people who have no sense of humor mm-hmm. and then they put them to work if you say that to a state trooper, there's a good chance he whips out a knife and cuts it in half. So, not <laughs> as sure. As long as he lets you go, go afterwards, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> 50 bucks for a replacement license worth it. You don't really exist, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've been speaking with Jason Camisa, auto journalist extraordinaire. Uh, you can find all of Jason's social media links on readthedriven.com. Jason. Thanks for being on Mm -hmm. the doors always open. You're welcome back. Anytime you got time after three years. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, Boy, we got to, we have to have the most contradictory schedules of any two human beings anywhere.
3: I think so. I think so, but it was worth the wait. This was a lot of fun.
1: Thanks so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We really do love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and driven.com Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And you can listen everywhere, find podcasts, or heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt. Yep. And Mark Groves. Yep. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio mm yeah. yeah.